0: Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by The Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today, as and as always, is my co-host, Eddie. Eddie, how's it going? Not too bad. Uh, turned
1: out to be a bit of a hectic week, but not for any Faye reasons.
0: Yeah, well, we have been busy... Uh, We we took a couple weeks off, uh, well we took one week off, but it has been two weeks since you've heard Summoner's Call, but we are back and we're ready to talk about new heroes, we're ready to talk about uh, the continuation of book two, uh, more three houses uh, in Game Club, and by the way, Eddie you had mentioned this in Discord as we were pre-planning the show, this is uh, the day we're recording this, and I guess you could say the whole week um this is the second two-year anniversary of three houses releasing it feels like it should be the third year anniversary but it is the second year anniversary
1: yep and i think it is specifically today is
0: that Mm -hmm. yeah it's exciting times uh i for one look forward to another fire emblem in the near future um which should not come as a surprise to anybody listening to this show we're always looking forward to more fire emblem content Um, but what about summoning because we've got some new heroes and a long-awaited hero has arrived in the game and we're going to talk about her in just a little bit. Uh, Running right now is the Weekly Revival Banner 21, Legendary Hero Remix running until the 28th, Summer Refreshes Special Hero Revival until the 28th, A Sketchy Summer Special Hero Revival running until the 30th, Heroes with Solo Skills running until the 30th, Summer vibrance running until the fourth of August, dawning reality. <laughs> See what I did there? It's dawning reality and Niffle, but I have written here dawning realty and Niffle. That's a that's a different banner, um, sponsored by uh, what's a large realty company? I guess we can't really say because they're not sponsoring the show, but you get the joke. That runs until the fourth of August. Summer's Dream runs until the sixth, and Norian Summer Special Heroes Revival runs until the eighth of August. Eddie, I have not done. Uh, I don't have much. I don't have anything to report when it comes to summoning. But you do. You went into this new hero banner and you were looking for some new heroes. So what'd you get?
1: I had to try and grab some of that land up while it was still available. Uh, so I <laughs> dipped into the new banner early for a tiny bit and had some insane luck. I got Niffle for my free summon and a four-star Orochi on the same ring. I then got my free summon tickets and kept pulling on blue and green, uh, looking for to grab Benny since he was added as a three- to four-star unit in the uh, long, uh, locked-in-the-special-unit-only jail Charlotte uh, for a while, um, while also pulling on red for Nyx. I managed to get another four-star Orochi, as well as a Benny, uh, but I did end up getting a Nyx on one of my free summon tickets. Uh, I think it was probably a second ticket. I'm not exactly sure which one. Um, After using all of my tickets, and I did uh, get, like I said, I got Benny as well. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to bother pulling with Charlotte. I'm at about 20 out of the 40 summons for the Spark, so I may go back in and Spark. I may not bother, but... She's the only one I'm
0: missing from the spanner at this point. Good stuff. Well, maybe you'll jump back in there and uh, you'll be able to finish out the uh, collection of new heroes that were added. Um, like I said, I didn't do any summoning. I'm um, sort of sitting and waiting for the uh, brave heroes that will likely be announced in uh, a couple weeks. I'm get- August, usually. You know, I don't think they're the first batch due uh, early August. I think they're usually like tail end nope, of August. No, it should be a special uh, heroes banner. Is it special heroes, even though they are added to the main
1: pool? Well, No, no. The first banner of August on oh, the Oh, sorry. I misheard you. Or on the 5th, sorry, is a special heroes banner.
0: Oh, okay. That's where my confusing confusion came in, as I thought uh, yes, uh, they were uh, usually added first thing. Like first year, it was a little more flexible, but since
1: you know last year and this year, they've kind of settled into this system where they do uh, generally they do one special heroes banner a month and one normal heroes banner a month or new heroes banner a month. Uh, with I think January being the odd one out where they do an extra special heroes banner for uh, New Year's on top of the other two they do. Um, so New Year's gets its own bonus banner, uh, but in at the start of summer, they swap the order of the special heroes so they can do the two summer banners back to back, and they keep it backwards for a couple ones so they can uh, put the Brave Heroes in the middle of August, but the Brave Heroes are considered a new heroes banner. I don't know if they will ever give us a repeat of the Brave Hero banners, but... They go into the normal pool for the brave heroes. Before we get to that special heroes banner, we have a couple things. Um, uh, due to non-fay related things, this episode's going up a little late, so the May and Bowie bound hero battle and banner will already be running, uh, even though it's not quite open as the time we're recording. Uh, there's also a round of Ponzalogi Logi that should be ending today. Uh, when you're listening, when if you're listening to this the day it drops. Uh, But we do have some other stuff that'll be starting up before we next record uh, with a new Mythic Hero and Mythic Battle starting on the 29th uh, and a Voting Gauntlet on the 30th. Uh, So, due to the weird nature of this week, it is a light
0: calendar heads up, but got a couple things happening. Sounds good. We'll look forward to that. And uh, alongside that, uh, we have a Look at our next resplendent hero, which is Raven, Peerless Fighter. Raven, complete with yet another sword, even though he's an axe unit, will be the next resplendent hero featuring hell-inspired clothing. He'll be available after Amelia on August 10th. So look forward to that upgrade. And I I believe, if I recall correctly, the original Raven, while having an axe instead of a sword, yes, also carried um, an art style that was, uh, I I don't want to say it's not, it wasn't bad. It was just, it felt different from the majority of, of the rest of the collection. I think there were some select heroes that were sort of drawn in a different style. Um, and then they kind of switched over to kind of have all the heroes drawn in sort of a, a specific Fae style. Uh, sometimes there would be outliers obviously, but, but not, maybe I'm misremembering Raven, the original Raven. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Um, I can't really correct you. I'm trying to see if I can find them. <laughs> I'm I think just trying to think. There were a couple like... other units who had a similar art style, and they still sometimes have some units with that art style. I think I could be wrong, misremembering.
0: But... Yeah, I'm just trying to remember. Um, I like the one that obviously pops into our minds uh, is Wood that art style but i don't think raven was specifically that art style you know it reminded me of um just off the top of my head yeah it's 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 more of a it's i don't know what the word to describe it would be but it feels like sort of the um i guess the gba concept art a little more you know snes style um not as colorful a little more muted colors i guess um mm-hmm. i'm lo- i'm looking at it right now and and <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to the listeners because I'm, I'm going to send you this uh, and you can take a look at it. Um, it. I don't know. It's just, it feels like they went from, this is more comic book style, I guess is what I'm, is, is the word I'm looking for and uh, traditional comic book style. And they've kind of moved away from that towards more of the anime style for a, a majority of the heroes that come out. Maybe I'm wrong and I'm uh, not wrong, but maybe I'm just, uh, I'm I'm reaching here. I could be, Anyways, the new style looks more in line with what you would expect from pretty much every hero. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, obviously, because uh, at the end of the day, you you do want some some varied art in your video game. Um, And this is not necessarily one that has been, you know, really out there. But you can see the difference when you place them side by side in terms of the art style with the new art style being more in line with what we have with the rest of the Fire Emblem Heroes, you know, um, catalog of heroes. And Raven being year one, it kind of has that unique art style.
1: Yeah, I can sort of see that. Um, I mean, if you look at uh, what you would call it, um, Charlotte from this banner, she has kind of a weird style. Um, so, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she... And, and again, like, um, weird is... Is like a you know weird. Is it's not weird. It's uh, it's different. Is it? It's and, different. I, and I and yeah. I see that Maybe too. weird like, isn't
1: the right way to phrase it.
0: No, know? it's not the wrong way to phrase it.
1: I just you, think you like compare Charlotte in her bridal version. It doesn't really, to a degree, you can sort of see it being the same character, but it doesn't look like the same character to another degree.
0: Yeah, it's a, definitely a different style of artwork, different
1: art styles, and they do they continue to do different styles done by different actors. I mean. If yeah. you look at the artist who did uh what's his name? The original Raven, he has a bunch of others in there. Uh one of the more you know recent ones, he did New Year's Alphonse. uh Momori when she came out. So hmm. and I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just saying it's different. Uh he did he did male Byleth. so and you can sort of see similarities in it, in his art style. So it's just this guy's art style and yeah, it looks different, but there's a lot of them that look different from each other, yep. especially ones like the original Llewellyn. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There are some outliers again, not bad, just different. And uh, yep. this version of Raven is bringing it more in line with the majority of heroes we get, which um, is yeah, both a, a and bad and good thing.
1: Keeping with the same thing they did with the original one, where his base art doesn't show the axe, but his attacks and other stuff do. So I guess they're keeping him to that, but. Notice lately that, you know, there are certain characters who normally have a certain specific weapon that they're known for that they keep it with, like Ogma in his summer outfit. He's a lance unit, but you can see him toting around a couple swords.
0: Never know when you're going to need an extra sword. Your axe might break. Who knows?
1: Uh, But that wasn't the only Fae Pass related news we got this week. As uh, Fae recently announced, they will be adding perks for maintaining a persistent subscription to the Fae Pass uh starting with two months straight and capping out a month later at three months straight you'll get certain bonuses up to two more summoner slot support slots uh one extra for two months straight and two extra for three months and onward as well as trade fr- treat fruits uh and dragon flowers which are probably the better reward of the two um in this new system they're setting up uh with 20 each for the second month and 40 each from then onward um I'm going to read what I originally typed, even though my, uh, after thinking about it more, I've certainly softened on it a little more after looking at, you know, realizing how much, uh, which I kind of go into some degree. Um, but I thought it was stupid, pointless, and not worth it initially. (laughs) Uh, you know, uh, that said, I have gotten a bit lazy about remembering to cancel my Fae Pass, so I probably will end up getting them. Uh, but you know, the first part is it's extend, extend, expanding on what I felt was the most pointless and stupid feature of FAYPASS, which was Summoner summer report, support. Uh, after I originally said that the currencies were point, uh, you know, kind of worthless or that I don't use them at all, uh, but you know, actually thinking about it more, they are certainly more useful th- for those who are min maxing, uh, boosting those uh, dragon flower levels, and uh, making sure you have ideal. Uh, traits is useful so being able to do that more often and quicker will be helpful for them Uh, and also those min-maxing they would want at least a fourth summoner support so their entire team can have it because if you're min-maxing why not Uh, but you know like I I said I've barely used trait fruits and and or dragon flowers I'm not sure I've even used trait fruits at all so if I were to buckle down and try and hit some of the higher-end content, I might uh, find having a stock of them very useful or a consistent flow of them useful. Yeah. So. Um,
0: my initial reaction was similar to yours in that this is uh, not, for, not for me. Uh, pointless. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Um, no orb uh, rewards for consistent subscribing that to me is uh, is is the ultimate reward. Really, is the orbs um, when it comes down to um, not not the only yes. you know reward with Fae Pass. But I get it. The Resplendent Heroes are nice, but at the end of the day, when I give them money, I want something in return, and and the Resplendent Heroes are one of those things, and orbs would be another. And the fact that the reoccurring sort of loyalty perks aren't orbs is like, well, I'm not going to consider moving off my current path. And I get why they're doing this. They're addressing people like me who subscribe. Like right now I'm in between subscriptions. I will resubscribe before Amelia, uh, falls off the Fae pass, uh, which, you know, you know, would, because I'm min maxing it, I'm going to lose my, um, streak. Uh, but I am going to get the heroes that I, that I want. And, This is the only reason I can think of them doing the loyalty perk to try to, you know, get folks like me who are, you know, over the course of a year, maybe uh, they're losing out on maybe one or two months, maybe a bit more. Um, It's less for people like you and more for people who are doing
1: what you're doing, but not to the not for the reasoning you're doing it, if that makes sense. Maybe it is sort of people. It's hard to figure out what's going through my head here with this but
0: well um it's it's one of those things where um there's also another layer to this too and i feel i don't want to get like oh you know phase getting a little predatory when it comes to subscriptions and currencies and stuff and it's 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 a free-to-play game it is what it is however like when my subscription lapsed they've added new screens when saying like hey, your subscription lapsed. Um, are you sure you don't want to resubscribe? These were there before, but these felt more aggressive and I could be wrong, but there was two pop-ups now that I had to dismiss because I didn't want to resubscribe at the time. The first one being mm-hmm. like, hey, your subscription has lapsed. Absolutely fine. Great. Thank you for telling me. Go away. I'll I will resubscribe when I'm ready. Then the second one's like, hey, but remember, because of these loyalty perks, you have a week to resubscribe to keep your streak. And again it's one of those instances where like, okay, you're not adding that this for us. You're adding this so that people who are subscribed. So you have an excuse to basically like poke us. And, um, yeah. With that, I, I see
1: what they're, that makes sense to me. They want to, you know, and maybe they should put it all into the first warning thing. You know, your thing has lapsed. You have a week to resubscribe to keep your streak all in one thing instead of two. Uh, I think I kind of worked out in my head what I was trying to say, is that it's less for people like you who are subscribing for specific um, Resplendent Heroes, and more for people who are like, you know, oh, I'm taking a couple weeks off, so I'm going to, you know, over the course of the subscription ending, I'm going to cancel it now, and when I come back, I'm going to, you know, When I come back next month, I'm going to resubscribe or usually always subscribe when they're playing. But if they take time off in between, they're trying to keep them by saying, hey, you'll get these bonuses if you stay with us,
0: you know? Yeah, but they're not bonuses that, like you said, unless you're min maxing, like are the people who are min maxing also not subscribing to Faye Pass? It feels like if you're going all in on this game, you are at least a fey pass subscribe I, I, again, like maybe you're, but then the respondent heroes offer a boost as well to these heroes. I I mean, yep. I'm not upset that they're doing this. I think it's fine. Um, it is what it is. And it's and just, who knows,
1: they you know, might get a few people who are like you getting it every so often for heroes. They want the resplendent form of, I mean, but I don't it know its what it is. It's, something they, yeah, they've noticed a lot of people canceling it from time to time and only getting it temporarily, and they're trying to get persistent subs, you know? So, I mean, it's nice that they even gave you a they even give you a grease, grace period, which we did forget to mention is initially, is that, you know, you have seven days after you, after your subscription ends to resub and not lose these bonuses. So, you yeah can, like, shift it around monthly, if you want.
0: That was, uh, that that's nice. Um I think that's a really solid thing to add and and also a good quality of life for you know those who are subscribing month to month and and might be, you know, subscribing and expiring and then you know going in later on. The other part of that too is um they've they've re- they've uh, added it so if you've been subscribed since I think it was May, they're counting that towards your streak. So you'll get the loyalty perks if you've been subscribed since May. So they have all that data to, to tell whether you've been eligible for that. So that's also a bonus. I mean,
1: my big thing is, is I wish they had announced when they did this, that they're removing some of the quality of life things from the paywall.
0: Like yeah.
1: add some form of auto start to base function of the game or something. And as a, you know, so that Faye Pass doesn't feel like it's getting gutted. Here are these bonuses for you. If you keep subscribing, you know, so it doesn't feel completely gutted.
0: Yeah yeah the, the well, lack
1: I, of orbs i I understand where you're coming from while you would like them. I understand where they're coming from where oh, well, we can't just give out a bunch of extra orbs that we've calculated the orb you know value of Pass as we as they see it you know and giving extra free ones just for staying on didn't seem logical to them or whatever yeah I understand where you're from where you think you would prefer that but
0: I, I mean, yeah, the, the push and pull of a free-to-play game is always going to be how much can we uh, get from the players without giving too much. And um, I would like to see more perks added to the Fay Pass uh, as part of the subscription. I don't know what those are. I would like to see intelligence Systems add more to it. I, I, I think the loyalty perks are a good start. But, um, you know... If you want people to subscribe, you just have to add. You add. You have to add more to the subscription, and there hasn't been anything added to it since its inception uh, I- until this loyalty perk, of course. But you know, this isn't. Yeah, I don't know. It's a feature, but it's not. Meh. I always argued for me five
1: dollars for the Respondent Heroes. Less than five dollars if you stay If you're subscribed at the right time, I mean, if you time it right, like you usually do. Uh, where you can get three of them in a subscription. Um, you know, that's, what, $3.33 per a five-star unit? You know, I, I've always felt that's more than worth, enough, worth it for the faypass Pass subscription, uh, considering how much you can spend trying to summon these units. Uh, yeah, they're older heroes, but still you're getting three five-star units if you time it right. Um, uh, the other stuff is... Extra stuff, and my biggest issue has always been there are certain things that I think should just be part of the game, not locked behind a paywall,
0: yeah, a hundred percent. I think when other you know other free to play games of this nature have like auto auto battle, and you know they use a ticket system like intelligence systems has proved that they're not afraid to add new currencies this late in the game, so having a you know premium currency similar or maybe not premium, but but a um, uh, a very rare currency like uh, the Light's Blessings, you know, um, d- do that for auto start. Give us some more tickets to collect. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the argument is they're like, well, then you're going to have people like with their potions. I think I have more than a thousand potions just sitting there. Um, but we're we play every day. There's a difference between us and and people who are just jumping in every, every once in a while. So. Yep. um uh, you know it is what it, it is what it is if you're a faith pass subscriber and you let it you know keep going like your netflix subscription you just keep forgetting to cancel it then this is at least some a bit, a bit of a bonus um and maybe you'll you'll use the
1: situation things. i'm in right now i keep forgetting to cancel it and maybe they should have reminded me cancel it but probably not gonna
0: well it's probably gonna forget again <laughs> intelligence systems thanks you for your patronage And uh, with that, thanks, we move over to the new heroes, uh, The Dawning Reality and Niffle. Book 2 continues to invade with the addition of Niffle as a new hero on the banner, which is surprisingly not mythic, and I'm sure we'll talk about that when we get around to Niffle. Alongside Niffle, we have a whole host of Fate's heroes, including the long-awaited Charlotte and the Revelations Spoilers Arete. So look forward to that in a little bit. We have not played Revelations, and we were wondering, who's this Aret? Ah, spoilers. Yep.
1: However, before we start on the character descriptions, we should quickly discuss what happened at the end of the Tempest Trials, where one of the units on this banner was first seen, that being Niffle. After the battle, Fjorm is speaking with Niffle, and while Fjorm swears to uphold her side of the deal, she, she fought because, as the Frozen-style song indicated, she is in love with someone and does not... Does wa- and wants to stay by their side, uh, Niffle tells her that she does not want Fjorm's life but wants Fjorm to complete her oath, uh, you know, fulfill the oath uh, give Niffle what she wants by killing Muspell who I guess, like, Niffle is part human as well or whatever, or give up part of their divinity maybe, I, it's hard to say so,
0: we haven't met Muspell yet, so No, but I'm sure we'll get him uh, in a little bit Yep. Or, uh, and uh so, yeah
1: yeah, yeah the, this is fun yep the introduction of niff niffle was weird and bizarre but um after looking into the details because i'll admit i didn't realize uh niffle was a dragon at first uh due to the transformation you see of her in the trailer i wasn't paying attention to her class or whatever and thought she looked more like a beast than a dragon with her transformation there uh but um you know she the added info from this banner makes her, and I'm guessing you spell as well, kind of downright confusing. Um, from of Quotes, apparently Nifl cast off half of her godhood, or her divinity, uh, but still has quite powerful powers, and, and you know is viewed as a god by those of Nifl. Uh, makes me wonder if Asker and Embla did, the sa- Embla did the same thing, since they're also dragons who control a country. Um, and, you know, Astro seems to be daily level dragons, but makes like I said, makes me wonder if like Nifl, they've cast off part of their divinity. Uh, possibly useful as well. Um, does this mean that Loki and Thor are dragons and that there are countries named after them somewhere on Zenith? Or maybe there's something different? Also, does that mean there are also dragons out there named Jotunheimer and Nidavellir? Or maybe just Jotun for Jotunheimer out there as well? But lots of new questions asked.
0: Yeah, um and you'll probably never get answers but uh let me just help you or, with fire or Moon. if you
1: do they'll make less sense
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh and i'll help you with with all fire Emblem games like chances are if they're a character who is of a, of a god-like type they're they're a dragon just it's it's easier for us all to just be like yep that's a dragon Uh, I I kid, I kid. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know... you
1: but you're not exactly wrong.
0: I know, exactly. I'm wrong on occasion, but right now, it's a dragon. And I'm likely right. Uh, But I'll tell you what isn't a dragon. Charlotte, the Wily Warrior, finally graduating from the Special Heroes Only Club. uh, Locked there since year one. She was a bridal hero, one of our first. Charlotte arrives as a hero in Fire Emblem Heroes... Charlotte is a a soldier from Nor, who serves as a border guard. She might seem gentle and sweet at first, but there's another surprising dimension to her character. Charlotte is a green axe, infantry-wielding, fair, furry axe. Accelerates, special trigger, cooldown count minus one. If unit initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally, deals damage equal to 15% of unit's attack and grants attack slash speed plus six to unit during combat. She has a new skill in the B slot called Frenzy 3. If unit speed is greater than foe speed, reduces damage from attacks during combat and from area of effect specials, which as always excludes rocker uh, area of effect specials. By a percentage dif- equal to the difference between stats times four to a max of 40%. If unit's HP is less than or equal to 50% and unit initiates combat, unit can make a follow-up attack before foe can counterattack. Rounding out her kit is Glimmer as a Special, Swift Sparrow 3 in the A slot, and time, Time's Pulse 3 in the C slot. Charlotte is finally here, uh, Eddie, and I, and I feel like they really captured her character, um, what little I've experienced of her in our playthrough of uh, Conquest and my playthrough of Birthright.
1: Uh, now, how she seems at first glance depends on a lot of factors. Like, are there any nobles near you? Are you in the middle of a battle? You know, because if there are nobles around, yeah, she seems sweet and gentle. If there aren't, she's, you know, rough and crude and uh, quite a vicious fighter.
0: Yeah, and uh, her forging bonds has been really interesting as uh, I believe she is still in the mode of, like, trying to uh, impress upon the the nobles as being this kind and gentle character.
1: Uh, the The whole group forging bonds is fun and interesting, uh, but her specific one chatting with Rinka, then meeting Sita and seeing a princess who's, you know, down in the dirt just as much as the common folk, you know, and ends quite interestingly.
0: Yeah, I have to but, get back to it. I haven't finished it yet.
1: Uh, it ends in a very Charlotte way for a way to phrase it. Interesting. But
0: well, I'll have to check the, that out. The, So the fair furry axe, huh, Ryan? Yeah. Is that what it is? Or did I miss... uh... Fair fury. Fair fury axe. Fair furry axe. I'm reading it out loud and I'm thinking to myself like, huh, that doesn't sound right. But yeah, fair fury. Furry
1: would have a second letter and would probably look a little different than the one that you actually
0: see in the game. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know what? That's uh that's my that's what happens when you take a week off. You just you just start messing up words. Uh
1: for forgetting how to speak,
0: huh? Yeah, oh gosh. It's about it's about time, it's my turn, right? Yep.
1: But Yeah, definitely seems an interesting character, uh interesting unit. Fun fun character.
0: So Yeah. No, it's good to have her in the game. I know a lot of people were waiting for her to come, so uh congratulations and all you really, really if fans. you look
1: at her and benny it's kind of hilarious how they're you know kind of opposite i mean uh charlotte puts on the front of being all sweet and gentle like her looks say benny looks kind of like brady benny looks like you know he's vicious and yet he's the most gentle and soft uh person
0: out there he fights hard when he to protect people but he's he's a softy yeah yeah good old benny uh, what about Nyx? We have the Rule Breaker Mage. Yes.
1: Nyx, real Rule Breaker Mage. A powerful trope of anime appears as the thousand-year-old Lolly breaks from traditional Fire Emblem to be a cursed mage instead of a dragon. As we get Nyx, an incredibly powerful dark mage who was cursed with eternal life and youthfulness. She is also breaks from the traditional magic child project because while she looks like a child, she is far older, uh, and uh, you can find one of those magic children in the Hashida route in Fates. Uh, and she feels as though uh, she deserves no happiness due to the misery she caused before being cursed and joins Faye as a red tome infantry unit. Uh, she wields the Ginengagap, which grants her speed plus three. And if she has a quarter of her health or more at the start of combat, she also gets attacked in speed plus six. And if she starts a combat or a major staffo initiates combat, Against her, the first attack during that combat is reduced by 40%, while also boosting her next attack in that combat by the amount of damage reduced. Uh, If she does not have a second attack when she initiates the damage boost, it fades away, uh, because the damage boost resets at the end of combat. She also has a new Tier 4 solo skill for Speed Resistance, which grants her a Speed Res plus 7 when not adjacent to an ally during combat. She also comes with Luna and no follow-up 3. So I don't know for sure if she is actually a thousand year old, uh, but she is far older than she appears.
0: Yes. Yeah, she she is much older than she appears. Uh, you know, in the game, you kind of uh, I remember from Awakening and and in the Forging Bonds, she's been cursed to appear. I mean, fate, uh, but a oh, fates. Thank you. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I always mix those two up, even though one is good and
1: it's 21. a little more understandable because if I recall correctly, one of her forging bonds chats is with uh Tharja and Henry from Awakening. Oh, right, both dark mages, and they're very fascinated by her curse. Mm. So,
0: yeah, so she is cursed. Uh, and and I, you know, her all of her dialogue from well, the dialogue I'm remembering from Fates she she always has these really interesting interactions with all the characters because again they they treat her like a child because of her appearance uh but the way she talks back uh she's very clearly not a kid and she's happy to put mm-hmm. people in their place and and um from that perspective I I always thought that was a really really interesting um and again I'm surprised that she's just being added to the game I I feel like she was popular enough although i guess you could say charlotte was popular as well um is about is it about time they got back to fates because i feel like the characters they added in this round from i don't know i didn't know who a rat was before but i think everybody they added were ones that people were kind of waiting for and considering we're in year five like that's a long wait for some beloved characters right
1: yeah but there's lots of games who have characters who are You know, maybe maybe these ones are more beloved than others, but, you know, there are also lots of other characters that, you know, uh, from other games that people are that are beloved by people. I mean, like poor Ignat sitting over there all alone. I don't know. I'm sure there were some people who liked him. Yeah. I don't dislike him per se, but.
0: Well, it's one of those things where I remember early on in the game's uh, lifespan, a lot of people were complaining that Fates was getting a lot of attention and mm-hmm. I'm sure there are still characters missing, but it's even funny to see, you know, we're going to talk about a rat later on, um, you know, revelations like DLC exclusive. Cause revelations was not a, 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 a boxed version. You could get it. It had to be downloaded. Uh, it's really interesting to see them start dipping into DLC.
1: Revelations was a weird one. I mean, you, you could call it DLC because yeah, you only could download it um, unless you bought the, special triple pack cartridge you could not get it on a cartridge
0: was that still dlc like the the triple pack because wouldn't it, it it wouldn't have been out when it launched right
1: i believe the triple pack was a special uh edition where you would get all three games on one cartridge oh it was like a special edition they had that had you know all three versions on one cartridge i guess i'm just misremembering you had to download i could be misremembering as well it's you know it might not be me it might be me who misremembers
0: but um let me see revelations because i you know thinking back uh fire emblem fates it was still around the time where fire emblem games were coming out in japan first and then and then localized second um so now i'm trying to remember if maybe like because the english release was delayed due to localization uh yeah so the japanese release was uh in june of 2015 and then the north american release was in 2016 the, ne- the next year february now um when revelation came out now i'm starting to remember now i'm starting to remember it. maybe you could get it early by getting the three pack oh, and then you could buy it as DLC. yeah
1: there was a fire emblem fates special edition which also featured the revelation path all on a single card Included exclusively in the special edition. So it featured both Birthright Conquest and Revelations all on one cartridge. Um, I can't find the original price because Amazon's what came up. So it only shows the resellers
0: who are selling it for $230 or more. But, you know, IGN really liked Revelations. They gave it a 9.5. Yeah, it released a month later. For the DLC, yeah,
1: Otherwise, it released a month later as a downloadable thing, but you had to, it was more of a full game than a down, just straight downloadable.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a full route. Uh, well, you yeah. know, maybe Revelations will come up as a game club. Uh, that'll mean both Eddie and I will have to buy it. I don't. I don't. I know. I don't have well, it. I I already bought it. I just never beat it. Oh, played okay. through it. Similar to the way
1: I had bought Conquest in after buying, you know, originally buying the disc version of Birthright. So, Uh. but I just never actually finished it.
0: Yeah. Well, we, uh, and that is recorded for all to hear on this very show. And we did not finish conquest. Um, but, uh, I digress. Let's talk about, uh, Oro, Orochi, uh, Mary diviner. Uh, Orochi is a diviner from Hoshido who serves queen Makoto. She's a fun loving hero who loves jokes and pranks. Orochi joins Faye as a green tome infantry, Unit wielding Tiger Spirit grants resistance plus 3, and at start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, grants attack slash resistance plus 6 to unit during combat, and also after combat, if unit attacked, inflicts panic on target and foes within two spaces of target. Being the 4-star unit on the banner, she has no new skills, but her kit is rounded out by drawback as an assist, Mirror Strike two in the A slot and Attack slash Resistance Link three in the B slot. So this is your four star unit on the banner. Um, yes. So uh, she
1: was a fun character. I think I romanced her in my first playthrough of Birthright. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. No, she's a lot of fun. Um, and also like when it comes to Hoshido, she's the one. She's one character that, uh, sorry, Birthright that comes to mind when I think of like Birthright had a lot of new and unique classes that I was not used to as a firemoon character. Um and I mean they were similar classes, you know, built on the mage, you know, uh lance, uh cavalry, yeah. you know, those tropes of of firemoon. Just Moon.
1: given a more eastern flair than uh the western designs that they normally went with.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why I really liked Birthright and was able to look past some of the issues that are present in all the fates versions but with birthright it just it felt different from awakening and i played a lot of awakening like a lot so playing birthright was was a nice change of pace because it gave you all new character you know characters and all new types of classes so um yeah so i I'm, i'm glad uh orochi has been added to the game uh does this mark our first diviner into the game i know it's just it's basically just a a tome unit, but I'm wondering if there, there's gotta be another diviner in, in there from birthright. trying to think, I mean, you could argue that maybe Mikoto is, but
1: she's as a, um, staff unit. So,
0: yeah, now, now I'm, I'm curious. I don't think I'll be able to actually find any, anybody. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, this is, this isn't going to work. Well, you know, we have, uh, we have, we have or oh here we go. Hirochi, Hayato. Oh uh and Rajat. So Rajat is in the game.
1: Yeah, Rajat's here.
0: Yeah. So there you go. So I, other.
1: Hayato Hayato's the child
0: prodigy mage unit. E, unit yeah, whatever. he's not in the game yet. Or is
1: he? He's not in the game yet, no. No. Okay. Well
0: I there couldn't you go. I can't think
1: of his name when I was writing up uh Nyx. Yeah. You know, instead uh, of actually having a child prodigy, they had Nyx who looks like one but is older. In right. fates, if I recall, but our next unit is Niffl, the god of ice, uh, the foe at the end of the last tempest trial, and a new another new original character joins on this banner. I think we might get the same again in September. Uh, that or maybe new spell with will, will be the GHB unit with the brave banner, or maybe depend the TT unit depending on the theme of the special banner. With all the warmth you might expect from a god of ice, as the god of ice, Niffl joins as a blue dragon cavalry unit. She wields Frostbite but Frostbite Breath, which grants her speed plus three, as well as putting her foes on ice, if at the start of the combat she is twenty-five percent or more health by debuffing them for a negative five to the four combat sets, all but HP, essentially. If she attacked during combat, she prevents her foes and other enemies within two spaces of them from counterattacking counterattacking through their next actions. Also, uh since this is a Dragonstone attack. It does have the usual Dragonstone effect, if you don't remember, at range that uses the weaker of the of the unit's defenses. Our unique skill is a C skill uh, called Domain of Ice, which grants speed, speed and resistance plus 4 in the effect of reducing damage from the foe's first attack by 30% to allies within two spaces during combat and gives her the same uh, buffs or effects if she is within two spaces of an ally during combat. She also has a new Tier 4 ether Raid skill, an uh, ARD uh, attack speed 4, which gives an attack speed boost on defense based on how many defensive structures still stand, going by jumps of 4 from a plus 11 at 5 buildings standing or more, uh, to a plus 3 at 3 or fewer structures standing. She also comes with Rally Defense Res Plus and low attack speed. So, like I mentioned earlier, I didn't realize she was a dragon initially because when I watched the trailer and didn't pay full attention to the, uh, you know, symbols on her picture, uh, I thought she was a beast unit. So, (laughs) because that dragon looks very beast-like.
0: Yeah. Um, Wow, she's got some interesting shoes. Those do not look comfortable. They're like, platform high heels (laughs) sorry it's funny they look like a shoe that my uh my my son drew uh in and i'm like that's not a that's not a real type of high heel but like yeah that's those look those don't look comfortable but um it's really cool to see her added to the game honestly all of this book two follow-up stuff just feels like a real treat um when a lot of the story being out of the game is, is very much related to the books that we're in. And some of the side stuff is just like, it is what it is. But I I think getting Niffle in the game, addressing Fjorm's fate, I have to believe that is due to the fact that people just thought so fondly of book two and, and those characters. So uh, the fact that Fjorm gets to live if we take on a side quest to, to kill a God, which is a normal week for us really. So, (laughs) you know,
1: uh, side note, I will point out that we also had a glimpse of leg yarn in that and
0: Tempestral end screen. Oh, yeah. And is she the one that died in book two? I am trying to remember. Did she do the fire right?
1: uh, She's Levitain's older. Yeah. She did the right of fire. She's Levitain's older sister who did the right of fire for, um, her dad. Uh, Surtr and die because of it so
0: hmm.
1: maybe maybe she'll get to survive maybe not who knows maybe it'll be a case of either
0: she or Fjorm gets to live or something who knows right cause well though if we're killing Muspel like I wonder if that yeah, voids their contract assuming
1: we're able to succeed who knows maybe mm. maybe if we defeat and kill Muspel, Levitain or we will get her life back maybe not uh, you know Theoretically, we'll see LeGarn at some point, whether in story or in the actual TT, Thomas Trial.
0: Well, the story will continue uh, in August after the uh, next patch. So look forward to that version, I think, 5.8. Moving on, we've got Benny, Sensitive Soul. Here's Benny, a member of Nora's Border Guard, another member of the Border Guard here. He doesn't say much and he can be a little intimidating, but I promise he's very sweet once you get to know him. Benny isn't available on the banner, but it's summonable as a 3 or 4 star unit. So he's in the normal pool already He gets an advanced addition to there. Uh, but he's not part of the focus. It
1: technically means he's on the banner, just not the focus, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I I want to I had to work my way through that one cuz you're right. He's on the banner. Uh, he's on all the banners, really. Benny Benny is in is in all the banners. Uh, Except for the Revival. Um, Anyways, it is what it is. So, uh, where was I? Uh, Benny... So, yeah, Benny is a blue Lance armor unit wielding Steadfast Lance+, plus, which is available at five stars, where a unit is within two spaces of an ally and grants attack-slash-defense plus five to unit and neutralizes unit's penalties to attack-slash-defense during combat. No new skills, but rounding out his kit is Pavis uh, as a special and Bracing Stance 2 in the A slot, and Wary Fighter 3 in the B slot. So uh, he he is available. You'll have to summon for him. you have to go go digging for him. Um, but if you are summoning on uh, Blue to get Niffle, there is a chance that you'll be able to add Benny to your collection. So look forward to that. I don't remember much about this character from my playthrough in Fates, uh, but I know his Forging Bonds... Stuff is all delightful. I love every bit of it.
1: It He's, you know, a recurring character, as you see through his Forging Bonds, where he's meeting a bunch of other characters similar, kind of similar to Brady as well, except Brady kind of puts out the attitude that fits his face, even if he is not as rough as his speech and initial attitude makes it seem, you know? But he's that big, tough guy who looks scary, but is extremely sweet. I believe the awakening version was Kellum, who everyone forgot about, even in Faye. Um so uh yeah, he's he's a great character, fun character. Um nice to see him in there and I did double check he is in any banner that after this one launched, he's already in there as three to four star unit. But yeah, I didn't have a ton with him. I had him in I'm sure I recruited him or got him, but uh and Pavis is a pretty regular skill,
0: so good stuff. And rounding out this edition of Heroes, we have uh, the spoilery unit, the Grand Hero Battle yes. unit.
1: Uh, Ret, Requiem's Beauty, or maybe it's Eret, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, so we won't get too too deep here in case someday we get tortured, I mean, get the joy of playing through Revelations via Game Club. But short spoilers are that this sis, is the sister to Makoto, and the mother of Azura, but not any of the other Norian royals. Who was dragged back into the hidden kingdom of the game, uh, or maybe was killed by it? I I still don't understand how that works, but it you know the hidden kingdom drags anyone outside of it who speaks of it, or just straight up kills them. Like I said, uh, still unsure how that whole mess worked. Um, when she told her daughter of it, so the Zer would have knowledge to protect herself, or maybe defeat it eventually, or I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, she appeared as an enemy unit multiple times in Revelations, and shows up here as a red-tome cavalry GHB unit. She wields the Rotter rabbit, which uh, Rotter rabbit plus, sorry, which uh, during the first combat in either phase grants her attack resistance plus five and restores seven hit points after combat. The uh, GHB unit. She has no new skills, but does have Glacies, Attack Res Push, and Res Ploy. Yeah, I, I read, in it is a very complicated mess that world. Yeah, when I, you look into the Revelation stuff,
0: I don't know much about Revelations, um, outside of the fact that I guess IGN gave it a nine point five. Um, but I, when I first heard of this hero, and then first saw her, I'm like, wow, I don't know anything about this character and this is a game that i i could have played which is a, a unique feeling um because you know mm-hmm. usually it's the japanese only games that kind of uh ha- leave me with that feeling but um i definitely see the resemblance to the norian sort of look and feel and i certainly see the resemblance with you know uh to azura, azura. And um, it kind of explains one of those missing pieces from my Fate's playthrough, of like where does Azura fit into this? And you know, you she and she is related to the king and uh, the king of Nor. And uh, that king had a bunch of wives and a bunch of kids. So it it's interesting that we get that that explanation. And I guess his I, I guess would be is this his no. second wife or his first wife?
1: I think when I was looking her up, it said she was his second wife, right. but like all the other Norian siblings are, uh, you know, directly, all the other noring siblings have the same mother, right? Or do they all have separate, different mothers as well?
0: I don't know that for certain. I, I always assume they had the same mother, um, because yeah. they all sort of, uh, they, it always, it always felt, it always felt like it was presented that way. And that Azura yeah. was, was related, like a, their half sister, um, yeah, kind of so. like
1: how you're the half sis, half sibling of the Oshidan Royals.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, so. it's it, it's great that they've added to the game. I I think this uh, you know we did explain the difference between I guess Revelations and say the the Ashen Wolves campaign. But I I really would like to see more DLC stuff addressed yeah. in the game.
1: Re- Revelations is more of a. Situation like um, Three Houses, where you had the three, uh, you know, the three you picked from, is what Birthright, Conquest, and Revelations was, even though, you know, unless you bought the special edition, Revelations was
0: only available
1: as DLC.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to see her added to the game. Uh, Make sure, uh, I mean, as of this listening, she's already out of the game, but uh, you can look forward to picking her up with heroic grails in the very near future. By the time this post, she'll be gone. Yeah. Yeah. I realize she's still in today. But that is going to wrap up our Fire Emblem Heroes portion of the show, and we are going to quickly head over to the Outrealm Gate, where we are continuing our Three Houses Verdant Wind playthrough. And tonight we're going to be chatting about Chapter 18, The Golden Scheme. The next obstacle on the road to Enbar is the impregnable Fort Mercius. Uh, currently under the command of the Death Knight. Claude and Hilda decide to infiltrate Fort Mercius by disguising themselves as Imperial soldiers and having their Alliance allies stage an attack on them. Fort Mercius will open its gates to allow them in, and they will open the gates from the inside so the main army can storm the fort. Claude secretly rallies Elmiran forces led by Nardel, who is revealed to be the famed Elmiran general Nadir. Nat I should know this is all voice acted. We've we've chatted about this before. <laughs> um Nadair. thank you. Uh, together the combined Alliance slash Almiron army overruns Fort Mercius and defeats the Death Knight, who beckons them to pursue him as he escapes. He warns the Alliance to flee before they are all killed and escapes just as modern day ballistic missiles described by uh, Nader as Nader. You just you just you just correct me. I apologize. My brain, I tell you. It's like a sieve uh, as javelins of light. I want to come back to that in a moment. Cause that reminds me of something I wanted to chat about, uh, obliterate Fort Mercius, the shocked and demoralized Alliance forces retreat to Murden where Claude explains how he was able to secure a aid. He declares his intention to tear down the barriers between Fodlin and the outside world. So lots to discuss. Uh, First of all, let's let's go to the you know um, the ballistic missiles. Those those look like real missiles, or or, or like yeah. am I mistaken?
1: No. Nope. So apparently, Edelgard or someone else, as Claude speculates, has missiles or the ability to send giant metal poles flying through the air at immense speeds. <laughs> I mean, there's the possibility that they're just um, you know chunks of metal that when they impact at that speed. Uh, being launched down those little tubes of light that they f- followed or showed their trajectory, um, hit with such force that they caused an explosion, or they could straight up be missiles. Hard to say. Yeah. But weird.
0: Yeah. It's It's hard to say, but it de- it did definitely look like missiles. And, and honestly, not, not super far-fetched, knowing that there are these mechanical beasts sort of walking around. You see the sort of automatons that are in this game. So it's not a... With- the
1: the automatons lead, you know, the explanation of uh, the giant metal poles just at such speeds that they cause a giant explosion more than straight-up missiles. Straight-up missiles are still a little weird. As well as the uh, cones of light trajectory that they flew along is all bizarre and a little step further than the automaton show.
0: Yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, like, you can kind of... You can kind of see a bit of the connection there, um, at least from from my point of view. But I think that um, they've been building up to this moment of, uh, you know, Nardell being Almiron. And I think like, Mm -hmm. you know, to the other characters that are like shocked, um, I I don't know, like to me, it felt like they were building up to him being somebody special, you know, the way he talked about. I think
1: it's been a while, but I'm pretty sure you fought him in Hilda's paralogue
0: so oh yeah maybe yeah it, i remember yeah isn't that in route that that's in the part one right i think it's actually one that can branch the two paths but yes
1: you we fought it in part one
0: yeah because i think there's like a bunch of ships if i'm remembering correctly and they're attacking a port or am i thinking uh, something no different? that's a different one that's a different that's pirates um, i guess hers was at the border uh oh, okay. her brother gets sick her and cyril uh You know, I I remember that one, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, The Death Knight sort of warning us to leave, uh, obviously knowing the context we know now of him being uh, Mercedes' uh, brother, do you feel like that's him showing mercy, like he's going to die and he's going to have one last sort of Fire Emblem turn of events where he's like, ah, get out of here, whatever. Do you think that's what's happening here?
1: Um... Not so sure. It's it's hard to really say for sure. Um, it feels to me like he's more of a case of he doesn't care about the plans of other people. Or maybe this whole situation is not something that Edelgard wanted or had planned, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to say for sure. It could be that he's doing it because, I mean, he did state that he wants to be the one that kills uh, He specifically wants to be the one that kills Mercedes. But <laughs> then product. again, Mercedes is not always going to be around with you in this. And I'm pretty sure he does that no matter what. So yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where um we're really starting to see the biggest difference differences between the routes I've played. Uh, Cause this is all new to me and, and kind of feels like, okay, um I honestly don't, know where this is going obviously because I haven't played it before uh, but I could I'm wondering as someone who's played other routes yourself do you feel like this is different enough from your Blue Lions playthrough or do you feel like this is kind of heading down the same path like you've already experienced this specific chapter right Uh, this one no no this is oh you're right this is exclusive to this is the,
1: the
0: whole Javelins of Light and all that stuff is
1: exclusive to Golden Deer Huh. You see no hint of any of this stuff. Um, I think I heard rumors that there were plans to have stuff where you deal with the those who lurk in the shadows on the other routes, but they scrap them, or whatever. But you know, these javelins of light—this is the first time you've I've seen them outside of watching them play sideways. So,
0: all right, interesting. Um, anything else uh, that you know creeps into your mind about Chapter Eighteen? Um,
1: not much. I was trying to side look up, see if it confirms that Nader was actually in the thing, in the side thing, but I can't find it. To say
0: those were all Myrans that were attacking in that chapter. You we were fighting Myrans, so yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, Claude basically saying like we want Fodlan to under you know to be open to the outside world, tear down those barriers, and it is you feel that because you you see the outside you hear of the outside world you see pieces of the outside world that have sort of come into Fodlan with you know um uh uh, the the names are escaping me but there's Shamir um as well as uh I want to say Bridget but isn't that the country now what's her name Petra Thank you, Brain, for Thanks. catching up with me. Um, so you 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 sense that outside world, and you get a you get a you get an understanding of it, but you never really truly experience it. Um, and I feel like that's where, if they wanted to do a Three Houses too, they could have some real fun with that. And uh, it'd be really fun to see them, you know, and you could see them do it. They've built such a big huge game with three houses you could kind of do the opposite and complete that diamond effect where um you do a part three and four where part three just continues on from from the part twos of the other routes and then and then brings it all to a sort of a point and then you have a part four that is similar to part one where it's mostly the same you know i would i don't think they'll do it i think it's that's a huge undertaking and and whatnot and, and further reduces how much content people are going to enjoy from the two games but I would love to see Nintendo and Intelligent Systems really take up that challenge of a, of a true Fire Emblem sequel once again because it's been a while since we've actually gotten a sequel to a Fire Emblem game um and the popularity of this one it's just it's kind of perfect timing you know uh I don't think they'll do it because uh, it's it's totally not inside Nintendo's wheelhouse to kind of like redo something or or go back to the same well so to speak but um yeah i would like to see them uh, return to Fodlin, or or maybe do something like with Arcane and shadows of Valencia, where they kind of go to a different continent that would also be interesting because they do talk about this being a huge world um so i don't know i don't know what your thoughts are on that whether you you think that's possible but i'd love to see it
1: yep don't know what else I was going to say. Yeah, I would love to see it as well. Yeah, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. as fans
0: of, of the of the game.
1: I'll, I'll admit, a, a direct sequel to Three Houses is a bit challenging with the three different route schemes.
0: Yeah, well, that's where I sort of proposed, like, a part three being sort of the opposite of what we've gotten from part two, where, or sorry, from, from part one, where you have... You have the outs. So I sort of describe like looking at the Mass Effect trilogy. You, 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 and this is coming from the, you know the developers that were defending their choices for that game and how it ended. Is that when you have a narrative branching path game, it's sort of a diamond, and that it starts at one point and slowly works itself out, and then at the end, it has to come back to somewhat of a single point in order for the narrative to conclude in a way that isn't designing a huge spider web of. Uh, It would just, it's, it's, it's too difficult to do that. Um, It'd it'd be a lot of work and, and would not bring the same experience. But when you look at this, if they were to craft a diamond, what they've done is you have the first half, which is part two sort of spreading with those four different paths. And I could see part three sort of bringing that back to a point and then concluding with a part four. But, but again, it's not something Nintendo would do. I'd be very surprised if they continued three houses, but I would, I would love to see a, Sort of a you know a side a sidebar you know to a, to the conversation and and man, yeah it, we'll no. see what they end up doing I don't know we'll see
1: the thing is is that it's not exactly the same thing to a degree if you look at Mass Effect each game is its own diamond you branch off sure. depending on what side missions you do what other things you do but you start the game at a certain point and no matter what at the end of the game. In the first game, you always defeat, fight uh, Saren and defeat Sovereign. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, in the second game, no matter what, you go on the um, uh, suicide mission and you may or may not survive. And if you don't survive, that playthrough is done and dead. And you have to start fresh. You can't bring that over into three. In three, you start start on Earth under arrest after the uh, events of two and you always end fighting the Reapers. Uh, no matter how much the people complain about the way it, the choices felt at the end. Uh, here, you branch off and you have completely different leaders. And at the end of it, you know, even if they tried to add a part three as DLC to bring it all back together, you may have killed Dimitri, whereas someone else may not have, you know, depending on what route they were doing uh although actually i guess if you're not doing blue lions dimitri dies no matter what but if you're doing blue lions dimitri survives to to the end whereas edelgard dies no matter what if you're not doing crimson flower Claude might survive if you're doing crimson flower but that's you know so so it's it's a lot more it's not exact it i don't think they could make it into a diamond unless they just kill off your house leader no matter what route you're playing
0: no you you you're absolutely right um uh that's a very good point. I guess it would not necessarily be a diamond but would be just a uh, so, yeah, if they were due to to do a sequel
1: they'd either have to pick one route to be the canon game or they'd have to do a far more spread out and complicated thing and branch even further off. Well, kind of sorry. No, yeah. I,
0: I I was going to say I I think that's you're you're on the you you and I are are definitely closer than let me think. I think I think you're right like um if they want to just keep telling the story and you you feel like ah oh, they they have to i think the part 3 that i described would be a continuation it would be definitely like a continuing of that path but um in order to bring it back you would never be able of course you'd, you know, now that i think about it you would never be able to bring it back to the same point for all four routes um yeah, but that's
1: what i was trying to say
0: yeah because there are characters that die there are characters that live of course that makes sense there, there are whole you know, places that are that are burned to the ground. Um, But I think if you were to do a part four that is sort of not necessarily the same, but same themes, and that theme would be, um, you know, fighting those that remain in the shadows or whatever, right, you have a singular bad guy that you're fighting. And it's a it's a lot more work, because you do have characters that are dead, but you would have varying cutscenes depending on sort of what route you take in that part. The part four would be very similar, but of course, yes, there would be different things to address because you'd have different people in power. You'd have people that are dead. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, a very interesting concept. And I I think like from a design standpoint can be sorted out, um, would require more work for it to kind of like all kind of make sense.
1: I think that's why the DLC we did get here, Cinder Shadows was part one DLC. You know, it takes place during part one. Yeah, and was completely unconnected because, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the javelins of light thing never makes an appearance in the other two routes. So there's this completely new story that you know may or may not
0: get resolved by the
1: end of Claude's route. That you know is completely left out of the side, the other routes. Yeah. So,
0: and I think that DLC you know, really shows the hands uh, or the hand that that intelligent systems is thinking of dealing and that like, they don't want to mess with what would be a very complex project to try to figure out a continuation yeah. of three. They kind if of like, yeah.
1: Yeah. There's no way to do a direct continuation of three houses. That is extremely similar to three houses. Uh, kind of like you were talking about. They'd have to do something more like um, the Ocarina of time uh, timeline split for Zelda. Where, you know, there's the successful, you know, it splits into two timelines. One where Link goes back in the past, uh, which leads to Majora's Mask. One where Link stays in the future, adult timeline, or where the future continues on, the adult timeline. And then there's the dead Link timeline.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and I don't know if they actually brought a satisfactory explanation of why they suddenly combined back into one thing during... Breath of the Wild because allegedly all different timelines combine back for Breath of the Wild, but you know it Life just finds randomly, a randomly it was three different game series based on the ending, and that's what they'd have to do if they wanted to do direct sequels to this game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, we the, the only
1: way it. they could yeah the only way they could feasibly do a um, Three Houses sequel is if they set it like. On the far side of Elmira or Srang or some other country that was mentioned, so you're still on the same world, but just a completely different area and at most, there's a mention and maybe characters some of the side characters like Leone or other students who may or may not have survived event you know on any route
0: uh show up, yeah but well um we're going to have to keep speculating because, uh, yep. systems is not interested just yet in revealing what's next for the franchise, but uh, I can tell you what's next for game club. We're going to be talking about chapter 19 on our next episode, which is titled the chaos of war. I bet you there'll be a battle in there that we'll talk about. So look uh, forward to that.
1: Unless they do like, um, well, this should be the attack on Enbar. unless they do like they, uh, did in Blue Lions, it may or may not be the attack on Edelgard, but it's the attack on Enbar.
0: And we're going to take it on and we're going to see how that goes next week. So look forward to that. If you want more Fire Emblem heroes and, uh, frankly, Summoner's Call, you can go to slash Fay. Email the show, Fay at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter, find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Dralfeer, and don't forget to follow at TheGamersIn for show updates. Be sure to check out SerenesForce.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning.